Welcome to First Unitarian Society of Minneapolis, the birthplace of Congregational Humanism. We carry on that tradition of free thought today, dedicated to promoting a free search for truth, meaning, and justice. Our web address is firstunitarian.org. I'm David Breeden, Senior Minister. Welcome. Last week, I considered the data storm that we're living in nowadays and some ways to at least acquire a mental spiritual umbrella in the storm. The wisdom of the ages, from Taoism to Hinduism to Buddhism to Stoicism to Christianity to New Ageism for that matter, is somehow to be beyond or above the fray. Disconnection is, of course, good for the blood pressure. But what we do with wars and rumors of wars matter as well. What about inequality and climate change? We all know the old adage, no decision is a decision. Sitting back mindfully is making a decision to do nothing for the larger world. But we also do well to remember another adage, all politics is local. What I want to consider today is at first glance the opposite of mindfulness and disengagement, but actually I would argue they are all of a piece. All politics is local, implies engagement at the foundational, fundamental level. Seeing how the sausage is made is another of those old adages. For example, if you want to change First Unitarian Society for the better, get on the committees and the task forces. You want to change the city? Start knocking on doors, because all politics is local and our efforts at justice-making, FUS focuses on the local as well. We are fortunate here in Minneapolis to have a strong and active group of downtown senior clergy. FUS is one of the smaller congregations involved in that effort. When we join with the Presbyterians, the Episcopalians, the Congregationalists, the Lutherans, the United Methodists, the Baptists, the Roman Catholics, Reformed Jews, Muslims, and so on, we cover a lot of ground around the city. We join with institutions that have much deeper pockets than we do, and we join in with a group not only with moral authority in the minds of many, but also with money and connections and numbers. We meet the mayor, we meet the city council members, we meet with the police, we meet with state officials, we meet with politicians and directors of nonprofits. They don't necessarily listen, but they hear what we are saying. My joining with other clergy aggregates our voices. As I often say, I see congregations as an aggregator. Each of us brings our individual social justice passions into the congregation, and the congregation aggregates our voices. And the downtown senior clergy group will do that as well. And for the first time in a long time today, when you go downstairs, you will have a chance to do something because our Active Voices group is back downstairs. Yay, and that's 
All politics is local. First Unitarian Society also joins the larger Unitarian Universalist Association and also the humanist and, humanist and congregational humanist movements. The UU Humanist Association reaches out and provides support for many humanists who attend UU congregations, many of those congregations hostile to humanism. We also join with the Ethical Culture Movement, another humanist organization, and with the American Humanist Association, both the national and local level, and with lots of other secular groups, both nationally and locally. There are too many things to mention, but let me give you one example. So one of the things I do is chair the Education Committee of the American Humanist Association. The AHA has been working with United Theological Seminary in St. Paul to develop a humanism concentration in their master's program. The online program will help us train humanist leaders, humanist celebrants, and especially humanist chaplains that are much in need nowadays. The world is ready for secular humanism and congregational humanism. We need leaders, and we especially need leaders who look like the America of the future. There's nothing I like more in my work as a seminary professor than training young humanist leaders, especially young humanist leaders of color. They are the future, and they are here now, ready to change the world. But their paths are often blocked by white Euro-American assumptions. You would be surprised how many UU and Humanist Association things are still the good old boys in the back room. That's what has to stop. As I've said many times, I am driven by a desire to leave the world better than I found it. I was born into a world dominated by wealthy, cisgender, straight white men. And my goal is to turn off the lights and lock the door on that world. I work for an America in which character is the defining aspect of every person. No judgment, Texas. As I grow older, I often think of the lines of William Butler Yeats in his poem, Sailing to Byzantium. It goes a little bit like this. An aged man is but a paltry thing, a tattered coat upon a stick, unless soul clap its hands and sing and louder sing for every tatter in its mortal dress, nor is there singing school. Now, I try to clap my hands and sing and louder sing for the future of humanism, free thought, and secularism. That's my local politics. Nor is there singing school, Yeats wrote, because the old, like me, cannot be taught the future. We're not going to be going to school in the future, but we can use our accumulated wisdom to sing another reality into being. All Unitarian Universalists need to take seriously and understand the report on the UUA Commission on Institutional Change that appeared in 2020 called Widening the Circle of Concern. It's available online. Rev. Kelly mentioned it a bit ago. Their guiding principle was this, 
Quote, to keep Unitarian Universalism alive, we must privilege the voices that have been silenced or drowned out and dismantle elitist and exclusionary white privilege, which inhibits connection and creativity. Right, which inhibits connection and creativity. And that's important. That's what Rev. Kelly was talking about. And remember that sing and louder sing thing. We have to sing a song that exposes elitist and exclusionary white privilege for the hogwash that it is. The report also says, quote, amidst the diversity of the theologies represented in our congregations, justice work has been a proxy for what we believe in some congregations, while in other congregations, engagement with the intellect, debate, and social ties have been the substitute. Our justice work without theological resources and spiritual practices leads us down the path to burnout." End quote. Now the commissioners are being really nice and polite in that little quote. What they mean is that many congregations have made a religion out of progressive, democratic politics. And a lot of congregations spend their time debating things rather than getting their shoes and their hands dirty out in the street and the government center and the state capitol. Under takeaways, the report says this, quote, these times require a liberatory faith that invites us each into the spiritual work of empathy and healing. Justice making is not a substitute for a coherent theology and faithful justice-making requires a liberatory theology, a greater emphasis on the theological basis of our, for our work, for diversity, equity, and inclusion will help us to make decisions about the forms of this work most appropriate for individual and shared lives." End quote. I agree with the commissioners that these are vital points if Unitarian Universalism is to survive and thrive. Because frankly, if we don't change things, there's no reason for Unitarian Universalism to survive and thrive. And I think that all social indicators point toward a non-theistic, maybe agnostic, secular theology. Unitarian Universalist minister and theologian and a UU humanist, William R. Jones, insisted in his groundbreaking book, Is God a White Racist? that the theism-atheism divide is always beside the point. The truer distinction is what he called, in theology speak, the functional ultimacy of the human being. Uh, the, the functional ultimacy of the human being, by which in English, Dr. Jones was anticipating one of those things from the commission's report, quote, develop more theological resources to center our justice work in our faith and make clear the interconnection between action in the world and spiritual development." End quote. They're not mutually exclusive. Remember, that's the point I made when I started living mindfully in the here and now and working for justice are not incompatible attitudes. Rather, they are essential companions in finding a purposeful life. I'm convinced that there is a moral force to free thinking a moral force that burns away creeds and dogmas and gets at the essence of human religious thinking. When the human moral imagination is loosed from the bonds of traditions 
and conventions and dogmas and creeds. It's a wondrous and powerful thing, unlike the religion of some Texas politicians. Getting loose is essential for some of us, and staying loose also matters. The Atlantic Monthly columnist Arthur C. Brooks, in an article titled, The Meaning of Life is Surprisingly Simple, says this, quote, people who believe that they know their life's meaning enjoy greater well-being than those who don't. One 2019 study found that agreeing with the statement, quote, I have a philosophy of life that helps me understand who I am, end quote, was associated with fewer symptoms of depression and higher positive affect. You look happier, in other words. So, fewer symptoms of depression, higher positive affect uh, are the results of saying, I know what my philosophy is. I have a moral code and I examine it and pursue both meaning and justice. When our theological anchors are all about liberation for all, through thinking freely, outside the traditional boxes, they are about serving the common good. I say this over and over again, that's what we're supposed to be doing. We are social animals. And those are pro-social behaviors, and they in no way require a theist orientation. That's why we call it humanism. As Reverend Dr. William R. Jones pointed out, it's not about believing in one God or another. It's about knowing that human beings can fix human problems. That's functional ultimacy. First Unitarian Society of Minneapolis is the core of humanism in the United States. We have been since 1916, and we will continue to be as long as the people of FUS want it. We, together, can widen the circle far beyond the Midwest and far beyond whiteness and just far beyond, period. I'm only one blip on the screen of FUS ministers carrying the saving message of humanism through time, but for me anyway, I will continue to follow William Butler Yeats's advice. An aged man is but a paltry thing, a tattered coat upon a stick, unless soul clap its hands and sing and louder sing for every tatter in its mortal dress. Thanks for listening. You can find much more about humanism and what's happening at First Unitarian Society in Minneapolis by visiting our website at firstunitarian.org.